Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about what a great sex life looks like when you're dating. And um, because a lot of people tell me they had a great sex life, and then they don't know what happened after marriage. And invariably, this is not correct, but having this sort of frame really makes you hate your partner, which is not good for your marriage. And so I will discuss that as soon as I tell you to subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode was on common sexual empathic ruptures. So empathic ruptures are not only in the emotional sphere, I mean, in as much as as emotion can be uh, distinguished from sex anyway, because those are really the same thing for anybody with a physical touch um, love language. But anyway, so that's a great episode if you've ever been somebody that was turned down on something that you thought was, you know, definitely going to happen, like your birthday or, uh, you know, uh, your honeymoon even, or there's other ruptures in there as well. Okay, so now moving to the topic today. If you feel that your sex life was, quote, great when dating, and many people tell me this, and that your partner just stopped liking sex after marriage, and there was no way that you could have known, then you are certainly at risk of having this horrible bait and switch idea, which is promulgated so widely in the manosphere as the women uh, all sit down together and they're like, hey guys, you know what we're going to do? We're going to marry a guy. Then we're going to stop liking him, but good because we'll only have to suffer through two decades of being with some guy we hate. It's a good deal for us. Eventually we get to divorce him and take half of his money, even though of course most of us work as well and increasingly are even the breadwinners. I mean, like, let's be real. So um, nobody comes into a marriage wanting to bait and switch. Of course, people are trying to put on their best foot but as I've you know put their best foot forward but as I've discussed so many times honeymoon stage makes you feel drunk the woman genuinely feels that you have a magic cock that she has never felt anything uh, so wonderful before maybe she didn't like sex before you because it wasn't you her one true love in reality it's the honeymoon stage talking and after the honeymoon stage she goes back to whatever she was before Um, of course when she's single she also has a higher sex drive with whoever she meets because those are tiny little honeymoon stages But within monogamy, with age, with kids, with hormonal changes, people just don't act like they did in the beginning. However, some people are closer than others. And so it can really help you to understand why your sex life dropped off if you understand where it was really at in the first place, right? So what is a good sex life or a great, people tell me it was a great sex life. What did it look like for many of the men saying this? No oral. Uh, she doesn't like his penis. Uh, she'll touch it under duress. This is, this is the honeymoon stage, man. She will not go down on him during the honeymoon stage. If she does, she will not swallow. Discussing that is like bringing up fucking her mother. I mean, it's like completely taboo. Um, you know, and she really never, never really initiates unless she's completely wasted. There's no real experimenting in the bedroom. You guys don't really talk about sex outside the bedroom. You know approximately less than nothing about her previous sexual history, discussing anything related to sex, like saying, oh, I bet those people are going to have fun tonight. If you see a couple making out in a bar, she thinks is gross or she looks at you like you have five heads. Um, and in many cases, there's not even a lot of physical touch. Literally, this, quote, great sex life, the woman was not very touchy-feely. Guys and women use that as, like, a way to denigrate physical touch, love language, touchy-feely. But, like, truly, it's a good thing, touchy-feely. If you have a physical touch, love language, you like to touch and feel. That's good. 
But it's like this stupid little name makes it sound like a childish thing. So I wish, you know, I mean, people wouldn't say it like that. But anyway, um, so there was not a lot of touch. Sex was pure intercourse, always initiated by the higher libido partner. It was pretty quick. Foreplay was low. I mean, had the guy not been drunk on honeymoon stage hormones or had he had more prior experience, he would have seen this for what it is. You know, basically a mammal in heat. <laughs> you know, like the woman is, is, he's a new partner. The point evolutionarily of um, intercourse is to make a baby. So everybody's supposed to be excited by a new partner. But then within that, there's people who are particularly sexual and sensual. So there's no need for her to give you head if you didn't know this. You, She can't get pregnant that way, right? So, so if she truly is just turned on because biologically her body is responding to a new mate, then yes, she is going to want to have straight up intercourse whether or not she's on birth control right I mean you know it's the same thing though she just wants to have sex her body wants to have sex her body is is telling her new mate have sex I like this one let's make a baby you know and she doesn't know what's happening she assumes and she's never really thought about sex much before anyway that it must be you and that it'll be like this with you forever of course she wasn't a very sexual person didn't have a sexual self-concept there was no touchy-feely of any kind behavior was no oral there was barely any looking at your penis and so when her natural drunken hormones abate after the honeymoon stage a precipitous decline after one and a half to three years after commitment, pretty much the same for everybody, even if they think it's not going to be, even the highest libido people feel a decrement. And the thing is, of course, I've said this a million times before, but I could say it again, men also have a decrement after the honeymoon stage. Their testosterone's just so high that they don't notice it. But everybody has a novelty effect. In fact, it used to be thought that men were the ones who had most of the um, negative impact of monogamy, right? And that's why they cheated. So when cheating was more like uh, common and socially condoned, uh, you know, uh, implicitly. So, for example, there's, um, I mean, watch Mad Men, you know, I mean, nobody thought a man would go on a business trip or I work with, uh, I used to work at the VA, right? There was a lot of guys from Vietnam, uh, Vietnam vets. Nobody thought if you were dating your guy that there was just no shot that for all his time in combat, in Vietnam, anywhere else, that he wasn't going to possibly have sex. You know, you thought he wasn't going to fall in love if you guys were planning to get married. But many women have told me, yeah, I don't know what he did then. That was a different time. And they didn't really think about it the same way. Many people, not everybody. Right. But but it used to be thought if a man has such a high sex drive, higher than the woman, at a certain point, it may be like a situation, a don't ask, don't tell situation, like on The Sopranos. Right. Like where they all had their mistresses. So the, the point is what not whether or not this is bad or good or anything. Times have changed. Men are expected to be much more monogamous, completely involved in child rearing, and women and men are supposed to be more similar. Some people think that this is biologically impossible and puts, sets people up to fail. Who knows? The point is, now that men really can't cheat, and I have a whole article on why today's cheaters are more addictive, because there's such social uh, disapproval. It's the same as today's smokers. I used to study smoking cessation. I did my master's on that, and because um, my lab was an addiction lab, and that's what we focused on. 
But uh, the smokers today are much more addicted than the smokers used to be. It's harder for them to quit. Why? Because everybody else sloughed off when there became a lot of social disapproval and smoking was thought of as gross. You can't smoke in the bars, can't smoke on airplanes, can't smoke anywhere. So anybody who wasn't really addicted stopped. And only the people that were extremely addicted remained. Um, anyway, so the point is with cheating, now that everybody thinks that if you cheat, it's the worst thing in the whole world, only the people who are more compulsive, uh, sexual addicts, which there are actual sex addicts, that is a thing, it's not a guy with a high sex drive, it's a guy who spends hours and hours jacking off to porn, sees multiple hookers in a day on business trips, etc., um, you know, then those guys remain as the, the ones who are more likely to cheat, right? And as I talked about in why women don't usually cheat, my post, women that cheat are more often have personality disorder characteristics like borderline. Um, because again, super huge social disapproval for cheating. So anyway, and there's a great book, by the way, The Erotic Silence of the American Wife, which can uh, tell you a little bit about these changing mores. Um, and there's uh, Wednesday Martin's book, whatever that was named, but it was Wednesday Martin's book, and it's not Primates of Park Avenue, I don't remember the title, and there's What Do Women Want by Daniel Bergner, and they're just a lot of books, you know, you could always go to drsamanthorodman.com slash recreading and see all the books that I recommend to understand this, you know, women's decrease in sex drive and why people cheat and all these things. State of Affairs by Esther Perel, certainly read that too. Anyway, uh, where, where were we? Anyway, so if guys are not expected to cheat, then they want the woman to be everything to him sexually because there's no possibility of him ever sleeping with somebody else. And when he thinks that in any way she was somehow saying she was offering something that she wasn't willing to give later, then of course he's going to hate her because she's the entire gatekeeper of his entire sex life. But my point is, I've never seen that. I've never seen a woman that was like, you know what? I actually reeled him in by telling him, I'm going to give you blowjobs once a week after we get married. Then as soon as we got married, I said, fuck you. Like, that's like just not a thing. She feels high on life. She feels excited. She can't imagine ever not feeling this way. Like when you're drunk, you're literally, you don't have any judgment. Your, your mind has been hijacked by the alcohol. And in this case, it's the adrenaline and the hormones and the excitement, right? And this is why our species continues because people feel this way. And it's like how you fall in love with your baby. Like you can't imagine how much you're going to love your baby until you see your baby. A lot of people say, oh, I'm not even going to be into being a mother. And then they see their baby and they fall in love with their baby. Falling in love is, it's, it's an override on the system. It's an override on your cognition. Like you can't think straight, literally. So this is what happens. And then guys do not think, well, actually, like, you know, if she doesn't even give me a blowjob now, how's it going to be when her sex drive drops? Because they don't think about her sex drive dropping because nobody talks about sex in our, in our society. Hopefully that's going to change and hopefully I'm doing my part to change it. But my point is, if you go back and you really think about your sex life with your now low libido partner, were there signs that they were very experimental? Were there signs that they just couldn't get enough of you, that they were thinking about your sex life, that they had said being a sexual person was part of their identity? Or were there signs that they were in heat, basically, you know, really into you to breed with then and not really into sex or certainly not into thinking or talking about sex, not really into sex before you either, which by the way could be masked if a woman had multiple partners. There are women who have multiple partners just because they don't know how to say no really and they want to 
you know, keep a boyfriend and they don't really know what's going on. So, you know, they have sex. So, so that's actually the situation that's the worst for, for thinking this. So the woman had sex a couple times here and there with partners, right? She never really liked it. But that's because she never fell in love with anybody, really. Now she fell in love with you. She's more attracted to you. So she does have a higher sex drive than ever before. But that, how she was with the other ones, is how she's going to be with you after this honeymoon stage recedes. She just didn't even get into honeymoon stage with anybody else. She never really liked anybody else. She was just kind of going along with sex, you know, because she thought you're supposed to have sex. It didn't really bother her, but she didn't think that it was great. When she met you, she was really into you, you know. And so she felt that sex with you was great. But in reality, you, you were the thing. She really was obsessive for her, for even an avoidant, can get a little bit obsessive. You know, in the new love phase, she was, she was into you. So then she was more sexual with you than anybody else. But still, it wasn't like she was, you know, lusting after you in the way that that other more high sex drive women might have been. She wasn't open about sex. She wasn't thinking about sex. And she certainly wasn't really an open-minded person and didn't have sex as something that is a hallmark of her identity. Because with such women, so I have a whole podcast, Do High Libido Women Have Spontaneous Desire Within Monogamy? And they don't, usually, except when they're ovulating or, of course, when they're young or before kids or whatever. Sometimes women write into me and they're like, I don't know what you mean. I have spontaneous desire all the time. I'm like, how many kids do you have? And they're like, none yet. But, you know, and I'm like, girl, you're like, wait, wait, because you're obviously young and you got time to rest and relax and time to think about sexy things. And that's great. But like, wait till you have children, hormone switch, you're breastfeeding, you're not sleeping. And then we will see, you know, what you're really like, you know, in, in that time. So when... High libido women get past the age of being in their 20s or no kids or whatever, and then they start to experience, you know, uh, responsive desire. Go back to responsive desire podcast. Um, you know, like they are very, very surprised that they don't have, and women are always very surprised when their sex drive goes away because nobody talks about it, right? So your mother could even try. She could be like, well, you know, it's not always going to last like this. And you're like, fuck you, mom. You don't know anything. You don't even know what hairstyles are cool. So how could you possibly know what my sex life's going to be like? It's going to be awesome because that's how kids are. That's how young people are. They don't believe their parents. I love all these guys that are like, how should I tell my son about how sex drive diminishes? And I mean, if you're like particularly close, give it a go. But he's going to think, man, that dude's still listening to like Steely Dan, driving his stupid Tesla. Like he doesn't even know what social media platforms are. And like, how the fuck does he know anything? Like it's cute that he's trying to talk to me, but his sex life with my mom, gross, is going to have nothing to do with how the girl that I'm dating is going to continue to want to give me blowjobs until I'm 75. Because that's just the beauty of youth. They have endless hope. So it's very difficult to talk to them, you know, on a deep level about what's going to happen. Because, of course, you also don't want to be a Grinch and you don't want them to hate you. So, you know, this is this is why eventually <laughs> people who are... Um, you know, young, go back and say, oh, wait, maybe my parents had something right about what they were saying, but that doesn't happen for a long time. And that's just the cycle of life. But anyway, the, the, the point being, TLDR, if the woman is not really into sex, oh, the high libido women I was talking about. So high libido women then also have responsive desire. They still don't go around feeling horny all the time unless somehow they're on testosterone pellets, you know, right before they like punch somebody because, you know, there are other side effects of things. 
Um, but anyway, or they're ovulating or, you know, the stars aligned and they are drunk on vacation. But the high libido women also have mostly responsive desire within monogamy. They just know that they love sex. Sex is part of their self-concept. So they get into bed. They are, they're deciding to be with him. They're deciding to make themselves into a sexual, you know, situation. It's like Samantha on Sex in the City. Like she, you know, like she, she, first of all, she was single. So she was always dating new guys. So of course her sex drive was going to be through the roof in her forties because it was always new guys. And then interestingly in the movie, you know, she was trying to be monogamous and she got fat and her sex drive sucked and she just felt like shit because it was like her first time not having constant honeymoon stage sex, which is why she was so sexual, which is why a lot of guys think that women's sexual prime is in their forties because when they were younger, they got hit on by some single women in their 40s, which are not married women in their 40s who have been married for 20 years, who do not feel like they're having their sexual prime. So anyway, the high libido, uh, spontaneous desire women don't exist within monogamy mostly. But sometimes, you know, there's always outliers. People have naturally different levels of testosterone, quite honestly. But um, the average woman who's high libido also has responsive desire, but it's part of her self-concept to be sexy and sexual and to have a loving, close marriage and be a good wife. And she likes how, you know, she looks and how sex makes her feel. And it's like part of how she is. She feels sexy. She likes to be sexy. She likes him to feel that she's sexy. So she gets herself into bed. She starts thinking about sexy things. Maybe she puts on a lingerie or something to help herself out. And she, she gets herself into a situation where foreplay can begin or at least him looking at her with desire can begin or whatever turns her on and then the desire kicks in it's still even for her not how it was when she was 25 but for the woman who was a low libido woman she had a high uh sex drive in the honeymoon phase that just completely dissipated because it was a complete artifact of being a mammal in heat so do not TLDR, don't hate your wife for a supposed bait and switch. She didn't know what the hell was happening. She was drunk on new hormones. She never liked your penis much. She didn't try to go down on you. She thinks bodies are disgusting. She didn't really ever like kissing if you go back and think about it. She certainly never liked to talk about sex openly. Never told you about a fantasy. I mean, had you understood about, you know, about the honeymoon stage then, she, it would have been an easy, it would have been so obvious that this woman's not going to want sex later. But you didn't know anything and she didn't know anything. The hallmarks of youth, you know? And so thus, this happened, your situation. So the point of this, now you could get into couples therapy, sex therapy, whatever, or refer to any of my posts that talk about how to handle these situations, which are myriad, number in the thousands between my posts and my podcast. Uh, you know, even the very first episode had ways to make your highly sensitive wife like sex a lot more. And that's not just for highly sensitive women. I get a lot of feedback on that very first episode that it is. Um, and it's also a post that it's very helpful for all women. But anyway, the point is of this one, realize that the signs were there if the sex life wasn't actually great when dating so that you don't hate her or worse, think that she was some bait and switcher, which will just make you hate her and isn't true unless she has a profound personality disorder. Um, All right, talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.